Welcome back to another episode of Around the Block by Coinbase. I'm your co-host, Catherine Wu. And I'm Justin Mart. And today we have a very special guest. We have on our very own CEO, Brian Armstrong. Yeah, this is going to be a great conversation. Uh, I'm excited to pick his brain about how he views the current evolution of crypto or an interesting inflection point between crypto kind of breaking out of its old use case of speculation into the new use cases around utility, around engagement, around access. This is NFTs, the metaverse, decentralized governance, DAOs, all these things. And excited to hear what he thinks the future direction of Coinbase will be, how it's going to embrace this new world. Yeah, let's get into it. Awesome. Well, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I actually thought about an interesting first question for you. And Kei was like, probably not happy with this one. I'm actually curious if anybody's asked you what your astrological sign is. Uh, not in a business context, Justin. No, they haven't. <laughs> but um, I'm curious now why you're asking. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm an Aquarius. Oh. I think my, birth oh, my birthday is out there okay. on the internet somewhere. But yes. what, what should I know about this? What's no, this is for random context. Over lunch, I gave Justin a one-hour speech on why he should dig into his astrological signs. Got it. It's and, apparently a great Justin. way to... And he thought it might be funny to push my buttons to ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's apparently also an interesting self-reflective way to learn more about your own personalities or a canvas you can kind of draw on to discover more about yourself. Wow, um, you really listen. I do listen. You know, I listen sometimes. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, There's, yeah. um People always tell me Myers-Briggs is kind of like the Aquarius signs for business. There's another one, Enneagrams, which a lot of people use. So I don't know if these things are real and any, I don't even know what the real would be or not, but are they useful? I guess that's the question. Do they help you figure out how to interact with other people better? They yeah. help you understand yourself. That's the most important thing. Yeah. There you go. Jumping right in actually to the present moment in Coinbase's history. If you think about it, crypto right now is at a really interesting inflection point. We're starting to see crypto really break out from the native first use cases. And there's a lot more verbs, a lot more things you can do, including the more expansive things around NFTs, around metaverses, around DAOs, around social tokens. And so we see this happening at Coinbase. We see this shift occurring. And we've still been a centralized company that's mostly been involved with just the legacy buy, sell, send, receive aspects. And so you pen this blog post, Decentralizing Coinbase, which talks about how we're aiming to kind of participate in this new native world that's breaking out. So I'd love to hear just to, to start, you know, what does it mean to decentralize Coinbase? What is this new shift that we're embracing and, and why exactly are we undertaking that shift? So I think this is a really important point because when people first look at this, they think it's kind of a paradox. You know, how could Coinbase be embracing decentralization? That aren't decentralized exchanges kind of competitive to them and they're an exchange, they're a centralized exchange. So aren't they, why would they even do that? It doesn't make sense. But it does make sense. And it's it's when you look at it from a different perspective, which is that zooming out, our mission is to increase, increase economic freedom in the world. And the way that we can do that in the early stages is to be this bridge between the traditional financial world and the crypto world. And so we're helping get a lot of fiat money into crypto. People are doing that, as you pointed out, in this these centralized exchanges, centralized custodians to convert a bunch of fiat money into the crypto money. But also, while simultaneously, while that's happening, we're seeing all this innovation happen in the more decentralized space of crypto with DAOs and you know NFTs and games and um, decentralized DeFi, decentralized exchanges, self-custody solutions, you know? And so I think it's kind of like um, a next act, if you will, of Coinbase. It's like first step is 
get all the fiat money into crypto. <laughs> Next step is get people to participate in the broader crypto economy. And it's not like we're only doing one or the other. We're going to be doing both for a long, long time. But that's the transition that we need to make. And we kind of need to embrace the paradox and enable both to happen at the same time. So maybe just to drill down on this a little bit more, in what respects will Coinbase's product or services change by embracing decentralization? What's the actual functional difference for a customer of Coinbase when we take on the shift? Well, you could imagine, for instance, that let's say you come into the Coinbase app today and there's a handful of assets that you can trade. We had to be very rigorous about what products and what assets we could list in there because there's a whole bunch of complex regulation. The regulatory environment is not super clear at times. And so we've had to create our own policies and procedures. And, and anyway, some of the stuff that you want to do is, is there. It's easy to do in the app. But some of the stuff you might want to do is only available through a decentralized exchange or by connecting to a third-party uh, DAP or decentralized app. And so just as a practical thing, you're probably going to find in the future that in the main Coinbase app, some of the assets you go to trade, you know, we're going to encourage you or, or give you some kind of a way to go find a decentralized exchange to do that trade. Or maybe you can load a third-party DAP right inside the Coinbase app and you're already signed in and your wallet's connected and everything like that. And to go even further, we may actually either support self-custodial wallets right in the app, give you a, a way to access those, or just make it super easy to transfer your funds over to any other self-custodial app, including Coinbase Wallet, which has been growing tremendously in the last year. Um, and so you'll now have access through those product experiences, the self-custodial world, those DEX integrations to like the full suite of stuff that you can do in the crypto economy. This has been a huge year for Coinbase because Coinbase went public, right? But this is also the year that we're seeing the explosion of, you know, people are talking about DAOs, right? Decentralized autonomous organizations. Um, there are other ways to have more people participate in whether it's your products or your decision making as a company. Do you see the tension there between uh, Coinbase as a Web2 company um, and Web3? Do you think that is kind of a made up tension? Is, is there tension or is it more complementary? So there is some tension there. I don't know if it's probably healthy tension most of the time, because like, again, we're bridging these two worlds, but, but absolutely you're right. I mean, when we decided to go public, um, I was kind of torn because part of me was like, Hey, shouldn't we really be going public in a purely crypto native way? That would be the most, you know, authentic thing to our mission and what we're building here. But I also knew that just most of the world was not really there yet. And so most of the institutions we talked to, various things in their bylaws and all these things, they wouldn't have been able to participate in uh, the IPO if we had done it in a purely crypto native way. And then my next thought was, you know what we should do is dual list. You know, sometimes companies, when they go public, they list on like the Hong Kong Stock Exchange and the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. And so I was like, let's dual list. We're going to do a crypto token that's that's really, truly a security. And then we're also going to do Coinbase's offering through the NASDAQ, which we did. But even that, we couldn't quite get to work. I was kind of bummed about that, to be honest with you. There's, I won't bore you with the details, but we would have needed to operationalize um, you know, our broker-dealer license, and it would have been at least like a year delay. And so what I, what I basically ultimately decided to do was, all right, let's get public. Yes, we kind of have to do it the traditional way. It was a huge accomplishment. But then subsequently, let's figure out a way where we can get... Um, you know, security tokens to be a real thing in the world and do it in a, in a registered way with the SEC in the US. If, if the SEC isn't ready for that, by the way, let's do it internationally. You know, there's always, there's always some way to kind of get it out there. And I, I, what I really want to do just zooming out is I think crypto has the potential to completely reinvent the way that 
capital formation happens in the world. It, basically, from two people with a laptop who want to start a business, they should be able to go out there and raise money for their company, do it in a, in a totally legal way, registered in every country. They should be able to grow their community with and their, and their user base with um, that token and actually give some partial ownership to the, the community members as they come in. Because, you know, the early drivers uh, on Uber and the early people who listed their homes on Airbnb, like they should have equity in the company in, in, an, in an ideal way or in an ideal world. And then lastly, they should be able to go public totally on the blockchain as well without having to go to Wall Street and go through an investment bank if they don't want to. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a bunch of legacy institutions and baggage around that. I think crypto could probably find a more efficient and native way to do that. So that's my hope that in the future, that'll all be possible with crypto. So I'll actually expand on this a little bit more. Uh, I think that you're absolutely right. Crypto is going to revolutionize capital formation, but it's not just capital formation. I think what we're seeing in crypto is also social formation. It's also how communities come together and gather. And I can't, I kind of think we're viewing it through this lens of creating a company or creating a business, but the very definition of a company and a business is going to change in this new paradigm, emerging into a way to go public, a way to kind of showcase your products to the world and you know let everybody be a participant in that. But it's more than just capital formation. You're absolutely right. People are building new forms of communities or DAOs or th things that, are they companies? I mean, kind of, It's but it's a new form for that. And it's it, the, the people, the customers can actually get a real sense of ownership in that, that, that and participation in that. That's really powerful. So um, by the way, if you two have any ideas on that, what you think Coinbase should be doing differently, I'd, I'd love to hear that part as well. Let's talk. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, anything you want to jump in right now? I'm just curious. What do you think we should be doing? What are you seeing that's cool? Oh, putting you in the hot seat. Damn. Okay. <laughs> you seat. invited that. Uh, I mean, actually, it's, it's a question I have for you later, right? But like when we talk about embracing decentralization, there's there's a bit of a tension here too, where it's like we're going to be um, kind of ceding some control because we have custody of customers' assets. We, we run a, a custodial first-party product and we're going to be embracing third-party products. Or we're going to be uh, elevating apps that others are creating and building into the native feature set of our app. So there's definitely real tension there. But to address your first question of like, what should we be doing? I think we should be leaning into decentralized identity. I think that's super huge, oh, yeah. right? The ability to let people express themselves, have an identity on the blockchain, sign in with their Ethereum address or their Solana address or whatever it is. There's so many things that we can do as a centralized corporation that gives a smooth, clean user experience to accelerate that universe. I totally agree. Yeah, we should be leaning more into decentralized identity, I think. And what's cool is that once you have an identity in addition to your wallet, then you can have a reputation associated with that identity or kind of like a FICO score equivalent or like a credit score almost. And so you could imagine today you have to kind of stake your assets um, to prove you know you have something. But in the future, if you have a decentralized identity that has had a long history on the blockchain and lots of transactions and kind of attestation, maybe even in badges and you know, you might get you might get like first access to the best products or drops or you know galleries inside the metaverse or whatever. So anyway, that'll be that'll be another piece of the puzzle I think coming together. Speaking of metaverse, um, what is Coinbase's role in building out a more decentralized economy or a decentralized world? I think everything we build needs to be interoperable with everything else that's out there. That's part of what makes crypto great. And of course, people today are sort of using Coinbase to get into the, the metaverse. I mean, you can buy mana on uh, the, the Decentraland currency on Coinbase and then go in there and buy land or goods or whatever. Um, people are buying NFTs with Coinbase wallet and storing them in there. I mean, we need to keep making the experience better and better and easier to use. I think Coinbase NFT will be a big step in that direction. 
we're not probably going to be the ones building the actual metaverse experience, um, you know, but I think we can help be the primary financial account and have that, that identity layer connected in as well. Yeah. Can, can I address the elephant in the room as we're talking about decentralization? Justin and I sit on the Coinbase Ventures team, right? So we see a lot of um, the new age, I think, of crypto companies and how they're structured. When we talk about decentralizing Coinbase, um, how do you think about decentralizing stakeholders and decision makers and, you know, yourself even? I think we're just the beginning of stages of trying to figure this out. Like, should there be a DAO as the parent company of Coinbase? I don't know, but it's probably worth having that conversation. I think we should be looking into those kinds of questions. I also think that, you know, in a very tiny way, we've started to decentralize in terms of like Coinbase doesn't have a headquarters anymore. And we, we moved to a remote first workforce. So as a, that's a small thing, but it's, it's actually interesting in the sense that we can now have people all over the world. Um, not just kind of having one headquarters in one city where we all come in. Now, there's a difference, I think, between creating a protocol and creating a company. Um, You know, a a protocol should probably have that decentralized control in the sense that you actually don't really want anybody who is fully in charge of it because it's kind of a, it's a public good, it's infrastructure. If you look at a lot of the top performing companies, they actually have um, a CEO who is like basically can make the final call, right? Even some of the top tech companies and other media companies have uh, essentially founder controlled companies, right? So yes, there is appropriate governance and everything like that. But once you get outside of maybe that founder dynamic, okay, let's have stronger board oversight. And maybe, you know, the shareholders need to elect the board and the board hires and fires the CEO. And so in other words, it it has some similarities eventually um, with that more decentralized approach. So should Coinbase become a DAO? Should we get community input on stakeholder input on, on key decisions? Probably. I would, I think that'd be a really cool idea. Am I personally ready to like turn the reins over to the customer base in every decision? No, because I think, I think, you know, designed by committee or designed by consensus is often like not great. You sort of want the right leader in place who has the humility to know when they don't know what the hell they're talking about. But once in a while, the, the ability to make a contrarian bet, which happens to be right. And so that's, that's a difficult question for a big company. That's honestly one of the biggest challenges to DAOs is as they try to you know, embrace a more decentralized form of governance and control, well, you seed efficiency. You also seed the ability to make bold bets because you kind of are always going to go by whatever the majority rules. And in that case, you're not going to end up making really bold bets that could be contrarian and could be true. It's also, you know, to your credit, it was the unfair question, mostly because (laughs) it's a lot easier to design a truly decentralized organization if you're starting to form it today versus if you are kind of a Web 2 traditionally structured company thinking about moving into a decentralized Web 3 structure. You know, even even currently within uh, crypto, crypto native companies uh, that are built on top of protocols have a really tough time actually trying to spin that out. But certainly, I think you know, food for thought. And I hope, you yeah. know, we start to see some really interesting bets there. I agree. I mean, I think it'd be a hell of a good step in the right direction just to get the customer base to have a, a sense of ownership in these com- in these companies or a true true ownership in these companies, right? Like the employees get equity. Why did why do the early customers or even the late stage customers not get equity? That would be an amazing thing to figure out. Even if the customers or the, or the employees are not the ones like by... Um, consensus choosing the direction of the company, like they should still have ownership in it if they want to. That, that would be pretty cool. What do you feel like are some of the biggest roadblocks or challenges 
Coinbase has in front of it as it tries to embrace this evolving crypto landscape? Well, one of them is just to not become complacent or bureaucratic or slow as we grow as a company and to make sure that we're always crypto first in our mindset, we're, we're innovative, we're willing to try new things. We have a part of our culture at Coinbase is this concept of repeatable innovation, which is basically saying that we never want to rest on our, our laurels and say, hey, we, we made it. We made we have these products, like millions of people use it. And all we're going to do from here on is just iterate on those and slowly improve them um, and maybe launch them in new countries or something. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to be a multi-product company. We're always going to be building new things. We have a, something called Project 10%, which is basically 10% of our resources go towards new initiatives. Anybody in the company can come in and pitch uh, a panel of folks. And if you get one person on the panel to be a hell yes, doesn't, I, I might vote no, by the way. I, you know, I, I think it, that, that's an important feature because frankly, I mean, you all, like both of you on this, on this podcast and then the Ventures team and a bunch of our employees, they are on the front lines of this even more than I am. So I always think about that. How do we make sure that we can be a friendly place for entrepreneurial talent and be crypto forward in our mindset and have, you know, when that person inside Coinbase comes up, it won't go directly to me at the top to make the decision. It'll go to some panel of crypto forward people and any one of them can fund it. And there's really a whole green field of opportunity that exists outside of the bounds of what a centralized company can provide. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on how Coinbase can capture some of that green field as well. Yeah, well, I don't think we've done a great job with that to date, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we haven't created um, any kind of like new, fundamentally new protocol. I mean, we are creating, we are helping in certain ways, like with Rosetta is a sort of common standard that blockchains can adhere to if they want to be, make it easier to integrate into exchanges. Um, we've created some things like with, um, with wallet link and, and things like that. But I think we, actually one of the things we've started doing recently, we created this protocol team internally and the, it's a team of engineers. The, the goal of this team is really just to help blockchain scale. And that could mean anything from, um, you know, lightning network to optimism, to Arbitrum layer two stuff or help ETH two in some way. So they're mostly going to be out there making open source contributions. Um, the team is small. It's still getting going. We've started, we've in the past, we've sponsored some open source development, which it will continue to do. So there's little things like that, that we're helping, I think, but I don't see us as having made a huge impact there in that, in that greenfield you know, new protocol space quite yet. And that's something I'd love to do. I mean, again, I'll, I guess I'll turn it back to you two. I, this is where <laughs> I get to learn some stuff as well, but is there anything you think we should be doing that we're not one of the things that I thought was pretty cool recently was the Coinbase like open, you know, we want to be a delegate for for the Ethereum name service. And that one actually yeah. requires um, people outside of the company to vote on. It's actually, you know, people have to agree that you are pretty much worthy to um, represent them in, in the like governance of ENS. And I think mm -hmm. that was really awesome to see. And I think Coinbase as a company like shouldn't be scared to participate in governance or in protocols, because the, the whole idea is that like everyone should be on equal footing. We're clearly a, an important figure in the space. We've built centralized products. We built services that help people access the decentralized world. There's a lot of growth and opportunity in the decentralized world. But I do think there are things we can be doing that bridge the line between those two. And I wonder if we can build things that straddle a centralized and decentralized world, things like an exchange that lives as a DEX on chain, but pulls liquidity from our on-chain order books. It straddles both worlds. Now, it's a little bit of like a head scratch to think how this might work on the back end, but we could probably pull something off and it kind of brings both worlds together a little bit, right? There's unique things Coinbase can be doing in this realm that could be really powerful for the ecosystem, could benefit everybody. 
there's obviously a large design space here too. That's just one example. Um, but we've we've probably got a lot of things that we could be accomplishing. I think that's a cool idea. I think, yeah, there's certain, because of the scalability of blockchains, which is still the limiting factor in many of these applications, um, there have been some sort of partially decentralized solutions, right? Where like the trade itself will execute in a smart contract, but the order book is centralized somewhere. And I think, for instance, Coinbase could even make well, we have the smart order router, which goes out to different exchanges for our prime brokerage product to try to get best pricing. If people are making very large trades, I've kind of been pushing the team. It's like, well, could we get the smart order router to also connect to decentralized exchanges? And that way it's kind of like getting the liquidity from wherever is best, whether it's centralized or decentralized and kind of it's abstracted away from, from the user's point of view. Then in some sense, they shouldn't really need to care if, as long as they're getting done, whatever they need to get done, maybe that's one of those problems we can just solve for the user underneath but um yeah i think coinbase creating like an oracle that could be interesting mm -hmm. just coinbase yeah. helping the blockchain scale better would would solve a lot of those problems too because you'd get more and more of it on chain decentralized that way too i mean honestly the tldr is that there is no lack of things yeah. we can build <laughs> yeah. and a plug for any engineers out there who are listening if this is fun <laughs> to you please apply shoot your shot <laughs> yeah. coinbase.com slash careers yeah there no, we go right. it does feel like we're we're in the center of this, um, we're in the eye of the storm or whatever. It's like, there's like some billion dollar thing we should probably be building, you know, every week or whatever. And it's just, uh, we, we only have so many folks, even though we're hiring like crazy. So anyway, it's an exciting moment to be in crypto for sure. Yeah. I think this is a great transition actually too. I'd love to hear your thoughts about where the industry is headed. Yeah. You know, we just talked a lot about Coinbase, right? But now let's talk about Brian's thoughts. Like, what does Brian <laughs> think about some of the most exciting trends happening? We have a lot, right? There's DeFi, NFTs, DAOs, metaverses. What's exciting you? Hmm. Well, you know, just lately I've been looking at like city DAOs and um, blockchain cities and things like that. I think it's pretty, it's a pretty cool idea to see if we can find a, a, a chunk of land somewhere in the US and or, or abroad in any other country. There's things like Prospera and all these kind of special economic zones. Um, I think special economic zones are really cool and they've driven a lot of innovation in the world. If you look at like Shenzhen and China and um, you know, even to some extent, like Singapore and these things. So, uh, you know, Hong Kong, right? And so maybe there's a way that I've seen one called City Dow. There's like cul-de-sac. There's a bunch of, you know, Vitalik had a blog post on this recently, which was really good. Uh, that's something I've been getting excited about. I mean, I basically, just to zoom out for a minute, I think what's really cool is that more and more people are are feeling optimistic about the future, right? And they're like, hey, I could, maybe I could build something that a lot of people would benefit from and that would that'd be cool not only because it helps the world but like you know it helps me build a better financial freedom or whatever and for my family and that kind of optimism about the future and some kind of ability for to go do something about it is really so critical and so that's what's so powerful about this idea of economic freedom and i can feel i can feel it right now in the crypto community there's something new every couple months and it feels like this is the most exciting growth area of the economy I I don't think I've ever said this before, but you know, it it actually feels like we have turned a page, because for the longest time we were just stuck in the speculative phase of crypto. There's so much more happening than just a financial aspect here, and as you say, there's an excitement, there's a palatable excitement in the air. Do I know what's going to happen next? No, it's <laughs> nobody does really. The original goal behind Coinbase was was more you know creating economic freedom in the world. Is that still the main you know goal and passion you have for Coinbase, or is your vision for Coinbase shifted? Is it different now? Is there something else like when you think about a 10, 20 year time horizon for Coinbase, what do you want it to become? What do you want it to achieve? Hmm. 
Well, that is still the mission of Coinbase um, to create more economic freedom in the world. And that was what I kind of got excited about when I first read the Bitcoin white paper, I guess, back in December 2010. So um, I, we, the exact fra phrasing of the mission we've changed over the years, but that, that core idea has always been there. But I mean, yeah, what do I want Coinbase to be in 10 years? I mean, it's a big question. So again, I, I want us to be not a, a one hit wonder company. It's like, all right, we build, we built one product and we just scale it and sell it or something. Um, I think we're, we're clearly a multi-product company now. If you go to coinbase.com slash products, you know, there's <laughs> probably a dozen or more things for like, you know, the individual users, for businesses, for developers. So I want us to keep building that like a suite or a portfolio of different products. I want to basically have this, uh, this company that leverage, it uses the capital that it generates in its core products to help create new products in other categories. And that's just a virtuous cycle I hope I'm I'm still running Coinbase in ten or twenty years. I think that would be fun. It's probably tiring sometimes, but uh, <laughs> you know you have to be able to take breaks and pace it. Like managing burnout is really important as a founder. But I think I'll be running Coinbase in ten or twenty years, and so hopefully we just keep having a bigger and bigger impact. And eventually we should have you know billions of people accessing the open financial system through our through our products every day. That would give me a lot of excitement because I think economic freedom is just one of these big unlocks for the world. Like if you let people have good property rights and like keep the upsides of good things they do in the world, then they just try more good things. And so from a global perspective, that could actually like lift people out of poverty. It could totally reshape whole countries. So I hope we get there. I think you've probably grown a lot in your role and, and in, in how you view this industry and how you view running a company. And so my question is twofold. Number one is what piece of advice would you give yourself when you started Coinbase, knowing what you know today? And the second piece is, what piece of advice would you give to founders today who are embarking on their own you know, founding journey and, and starting crypto companies? Well, you're totally correct. Um, I didn't think about that exactly that way when I first started, but it's been great to have you know, mentors and you kind of go through like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you sort of, you know, you, you stop, you stop worrying about some of the lower rungs and then you're like, okay, how do I self-actualize or whatever? And so anyway, I think figuring out how to build a company, not just that figuring out how to get product market fit is hard enough. Figuring out how to do that multiple times or to build a company that has such a strong culture or ethos that it can survive multiple generations of CEOs, like let's say, you know, Apple after Steve Jobs passes away or whatever, that's that's an even harder thing in business. And that's that's a really cool thing to shoot for. I think if I were to go back and do it again, I probably would have let go of doing things myself sooner, right? Um, I would have just hired a great team sooner and delegated more, which is let go, let go more basically. And that's a common thing. Everybody told me at the time when as I was as I was doing that, I was I was growing is like, you know, okay, Brian, you don't still need to be coding in the website or, <laughs> you know, you don't need to be like, so in the weeds on whatever this, how this person's going to do this thing, like just trust and delegate, pick a couple areas to focus on. I think that would have helped us probably scale even faster, but you know, I would have never learned that lesson really intuitively until I had tried it myself. And I think the second part of your question was what advice would I give to the next yep. generation of founders or people thinking about starting a company, I guess. I mean, the biggest advice I'd give is just if you're not sure what to do, do anything. It, action produces information, right? And so I didn't know how Coinbase was going to turn out. I didn't even know if anybody was going to want to use the product. Um, but you don't, you're not going to be able to know what the next step is until you take a couple more steps. So I, there's a lot of people who tell me, you know, I'd love to start a company. 
Uh, I had I had the same idea for that company a year a year ago or whatever. And the difference between the people who do it and who don't is often they just start. And there's a willingness to be okay with uncertainty that a lot of founders have. And so I think anybody could do that. And so if you're not sure what to do, do anything and action will produce information. Do you have specific advice uh, for founders wanting to build in crypto? Well, I mean, you two are on the Coinbase Ventures team. I feel like you you, you would probably have even more <laughs> timely, re recent uh, feedback for them on this. Because I, you know, outside of helping some companies like um, on the side, I mean, I haven't started, Coinbase started a long time ago and it, the world is totally different now. But what I'd put it back to you guys, actually. <laughs> what, 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 what would you suggest to the crypto startups starting today? Um, my number one thing is to, this is going to sound really trite, but just to do right by your community. Ooh, like good. truly, truly mm -hmm. every decision you make, think about it from the perspective, not just users, but the community at large. Yeah, I think that's actually a really, a really powerful point because crypto also embraces community ethos. We started with like, what is your astrological sign? <laughs> I want to throw you a little bit of a challenging left, left field question. I don't know if anybody's asked you this. I personally have never asked you this. But I want to know what are some like you know personal development things you're working on. What are some some things that you feel like are weaknesses that you have that you're trying to get better at? Oh, interesting. Mm. One of them is that I I actually want to broaden the. <laughs> this might sound funny. I want to broaden this like types of people that I can interface with. Well, I feel like a lot of people have given me feedback over the years. I have a very particular style where I'm like all about concise communication and like, boom, 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 let's get to the answer. And sometimes, you know, I get I go engage with folks in other industries or candidates or in DC or whatever. And it's just, I, I, I would actually rather I was broader in my communication style and ability to just adapt to anybody. Um, this might sound funny also. I'm not, I actually really don't like conflict. Um, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit conflict avoidant, you know, I, just in terms of the personal development also, I'd say, I, I actively seek out feedback. And then I've had a lot of exec coaches over the years growing Coinbase, um, which has been super helpful, both as like tactical advice in terms of how to, you know, figure some, how to do something in business, but also just as like therapy, frankly, like a lot of exec coaches are kind of like therapists. Um, and that's been really helpful to just keep going through it all. Cause I think, yeah, building companies is stressful. You know, I've seen, I've been, I've been doing Coinbase almost 10 years now. And a lot of founders that I, started around the same time I did, they kind of, they did burn out. You know, I've seen people like they're gained a lot of weight. They lose a lot of weight. They're, they get addicted to some prescription meds or like, they just, it's like incredibly stressful. And so people cope with it in all kinds of different ways. And just having like exec coach, you know, time to exercise every day, taking a week off every quarter to go read books or like hang out with, you know, significant others and family and stuff. That's, that's all been helpful just to stay sane. And cause you know, I want the, we're just in the early innings of this industry. So I want to be doing this for a long time and just maintaining your sanity is kind of important along the way. Yeah. Wow. That turns so introspective. I, I did yeah. not know you were planning to ask that. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I feel like I should ask you this now. I mean, maybe I Let's should, maybe I should answer, this into right? a group yeah. therapy <laughs> group session. Therapy. Well, this is great. I mean, this is kind of why I wanted to do our own podcast and thank you both for like kicking this off in such an awesome way. Cause I, my hope is that we can just every couple of weeks or whatever, you know, have conversations like this. When I go do a standard interview with, you know, some external person, they don't, they don't ask me sometimes about the stuff that we, we think is the most interesting we're discussing internally. So I think it's cool to get our own, our own content out and just have like a more direct line to our customers and our community. Yeah.
Let's you, keep doing it. You mean it. external people don't ask you, how are you doing? How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. What are you working on these days personally? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds cool. like we have to do uh, part two at some point in the future. Yeah. So excited for that. Of course. Awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for your time today, Ryan. Likewise. You two are busy. So <laughs> you as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that was a really fascinating conversation. Uh, an interesting look at how Brian views the state of crypto today, where it's going in the future, and also where Coinbase is at today. I appreciated the honesty, though, in the conversation. You know, like when uh, when we talk about decentralization, I think it's important for us to also realize Coinbase as a company, like where we sit on that spectrum. I hope to have more of these conversations, honestly, because I think yeah. that was really helpful. I think it's helpful to give our listeners an inside view of really like this is really what's top of mind for an organization like Coinbase, for a CEO like Brian, even really for us. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Around the Block podcast from Coinbase. Be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and catch us on YouTube as well. Leave us a comment. Did we ask all the right questions? And we'll see you guys next week. Today's conversation is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal or investment advice. Actual results may vary materially from any forward-looking statements made and are subject to risks and uncertainties. 